Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition, one interview at a time, and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. Entering its 27th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hempresent is a longtime pioneer in the struggle to see legal industrial hemp production and industry in the United States and beyond, Eric Steenstra from Vote Hemp. If you're listening to this podcast, and we have listeners on as many as six continents on my show, you most likely already know that hemp is among the oldest domesticated crops on earth. Used for millennia for paper, textiles, and cordage, the non-intoxicating version of cannabis has also been used as a protein-rich food and for its rich and useful oil. The Columbia History of the World reports that the oldest known example of human industry is actually a length of hemp fabric that carbon dates to around 8,000 years before the birth of Christ. It's mind-boggling that as part of the United States' illogical, immoral, unethical, and unjust state-sanctioned campaign of hate and disinformation known as cannabis prohibition, industrial hemp has been outlawed for much of the last century. But that is changing rapidly. Along with the advent of legal, medical, and recreational cannabis, the less sexy and arguably even more useful industrial cousin, hemp, has been tagging along on the stony coattails of pot reform. One of the things prohibition largely accomplished was the sanitation of the central historical role that hemp played in early America, starting with Christopher Christopher Columbus and his tragic exploitation of our indigenous populations. But we're finally beginning to reestablish our need for hemp as a vital national 
and natural resource. My guest today has played a vital role in the activism, advocacy, education that's brought about these crucial critical advancements for the world's most useful, renewable, natural resource. Eric Steenstra co-founded Ecolution Incorporated in 1992 with his partner, Steve D'Angelo. For eight years, Ecolution Inc. was America's premier industrial hemp company, producing over 100 different consumer items made from hemp fiber in the newly liberated countries of Hungary and Romania, and selling them to retail stores across the United States and in 21 countries. Eric oversaw the growth of the company from the startup to an over $3.2 million operation with 14 full-time employees. He launched one of the very first websites featuring information and photos about industrial hemp in 1994, and over the course of eight years, disseminated millions of pieces of educational material about the economic and environmental benefits of industrial hemp. Eric's now the president of Vote Hemp, the national single-issue nonprofit advocacy group founded in 2000 by members of the hemp industry to remove barriers to industrial hemp farming in the U.S. through education, legislation, and advocacy, and he's joining me today. Welcome, Eric, to Hemp Present. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Vivian. Thanks for the introduction. My pleasure, man. So let's just start off with how and when were you first introduced to cannabis? Were you exposed to the herb through cultural avenues like most of my generation, or did you begin your journey with hemp? Well, yeah, no, I, I started uh, my first experiences with cannabis uh, when I was about 15 years old, like uh, most people of our generation. So, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know anything about the history of it. I just knew it as, a, you know, something you could smoke and had, you know, the euphoric effects and and uh, so I smoked it in high school and, uh, you know, and, and then really, uh, you know, I continued on, had a, had a relationship with the plant for a number of years, but I didn't know anything about hemp. And then uh, in 1989, I met uh, Steve D'Angelo at a normal rally in uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, he and I started up a friendship, and uh, he shared uh, Jack Harris' book with me, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, and that was what uh, really opened the door for me, kind of, you know, made me realize there was more to this than, uh, you know, than what I had known. Yeah, your experience exactly mirrors mine uh, to the T uh, and to the year as well. Um, why did you decide to shift gears and do vote hemp? You know, after being in the industry for a number of years, we we realized firsthand some of the you know extreme challenges. I mean, we were working in uh, Hungary and Romania in the in the early '90s when uh, you know just had broken free from communism. There were a lot of challenges to you know to getting there and dealing with the logistics. And uh, in Romania, <clears throat> they had, they had used hemp as a resource, but uh, you know, after Ceausescu was de- deposed, and uh, you know, the, the, they didn't have any any financing for the industry, and it was really uh, we kind of had to go in there and and and, uh, and do everything for ourselves, and it was quite a challenge. So, getting finished products out of there <clears throat> that were of quality that we needed to uh, you know sell on the market was you know was a lot of work, and we were we were proud that we did it, but uh, we thought you know, gee. We're it would be great if we could grow this here. There's so much more potential. And then um, we realized there was, there was this long history and that, you know, farmers here had grown the crop. And so it just made sense to us. And we thought it shouldn't be too hard to get uh, to convince people that, uh, you know, we ought to be able to grow hemp again. So we started uh, Vote Hemp in, in 2000 with some other members from the, you know, the Hemp Industries Association and, uh, and, and just set out that goal to change state and federal laws to... Uh, you know, to allow for commercial hemp farming again, and it's been—it's hard to believe it's been 17 years, and uh, we're still not all the way there. So, but we got there's finally some hemp being grown in America. 
uh, again, of course, because we know it was a major crop for a long time uh, before prohibition came along. What, what's going on to protect the various state pilot programs that are going on right now for industrial hemp production uh, to protect them from the federal government's intervention? Yeah, so that's a good, you know, good question. Uh, you know, after uh, we managed to get this uh, amendment into the 2014 Farm Bill that clarify, you know, that, that uh, gave a definition to hemp and then uh, allowed for these pilot programs to take place. But but uh, we found that uh, there were federal agencies, uh, you know, in the way at every turn. And so uh, it's been a fight, you know, it's been a combination of efforts to keep, uh, keep the program moving forward and keep the federal agencies from, uh, you know, from blocking it. Some of it's been legal action. Uh, you know, for example, in Kentucky, the Department of Agriculture there, uh, James Comer, who was a Commissioner there had to sue the DEA when they blocked some seeds and wouldn't allow them to be imported. Uh, and then there's also been efforts in Congress. We've been educating members of Congress about this, and we've had some some good allies there who have been helpful in putting amendments into appropriations bill that uh, say that uh, federal agencies can't spend money to block these programs. And those have been helpful, but we're still facing challenges, even just this summer. Uh, you know, I spoke to farmers, uh, one one in particular in Montana, who went to uh, to uh, access water for her crop, and the Bureau of uh, Reclamation informed her that she was not allowed to uh, use the water because it was uh, a controlled substance. And she said, well, this isn't a controlled substance. This is hemp, and I'm growing under a state pilot program. And unfortunately, the, uh, you know, the Bureau didn't, uh, didn't see it her way, so that's another one, but, uh, you know, we're making progress, but it, there's definitely still some challenges, and that's why I say we're not all the way there. We really need to fully remove this from the Controlled Substances Act and just allow states to regulate this, uh, you know, along with the USDA and bring back, you know, commercial hemp farming fully. Uh, Eric, water is, you know, steadily becoming a more rare and precious natural resource, especially in some areas of the country as underground aquifers begin to get low, urban sprawl and development increase, population density, taxing water supply. How how prevalent is this uh, issue with impacting industrial hemp production? Has it been an issue in other places too? Uh, you mean in other states or? Yeah, or, or, yeah in other, yeah. Yeah, other areas of the country. Absolutely. There's been challenges on the water issue. It's been a number of states, mostly in the West, but I've heard about it in Colorado and, and Oregon. And then there's been other challenges, too. Uh, you know, for example, in, in North Dakota, the DEA informed uh, uh, people from the Department of Agriculture in North Dakota that uh, the farmers weren't allowed to, uh, to export the, the harvested crop out of the state. So, we had, uh, you know, like uh, farmers bringing the crop in, and then they would have it processed for the seed or something. And the DEA actually had told the State Department of Agriculture they couldn't take that, which was fully legal. I mean, even before the Farm Bill, it was legal to, you know, to sell hemp seed oil or, you know, shelled hemp seed or fiber and all those things. Uh, those were all legal, and the, and the DEA was actually telling them they couldn't do that. So it's just been a, it's been a string of things. And uh, there's a pending lawsuit right now. We. Uh, filed a lawsuit uh, against the DEA on this, and uh, as a violation of uh, previous agreements, you know, the, because in in 2001 we had to sue them over the uh, when they tried to ban hemp seeds because they contained you know trace you know per, you know minute amounts of THC on the shell. So it's it's it seems like it's just you know one thing after another with with the DEA.
And of course, the DEA stands for Drug Enforcement Administration, and hemp's not a drug. You'd think it would be the Department of Agriculture's purview. So it seems kind of absurd that the DEA would even have control over industrial hemp. It, it is, and ironically, it's not even like it seems that way. I mean, the fact is that uh, up until the, uh, the, the 1930s, the USDA had a researcher that worked with the crop, and they developed varieties of hemp for American farmers. And uh, in fact, uh, we, you know, we, we actually discovered the diaries of this researcher, a guy named Leister Dewey, and put them up where, uh, a lot of the where content the, where the up Pentagon, online. Where the Pentagon sits today, right, was an industrial hemp That's plantation. It's exactly right. Yeah, they were growing hemp. They were growing hemp right across the river from downtown D.C., right where the Pentagon is uh, today on Arlington Farms. So, yeah, um, it's a uh, you know, there's no question this is an ag crop, and it's always, it was always treated that way historically, going back to the founding fathers and long before that. So crazy. Eric Steenstra is my guest from Vote Hemp. We're going to take our first quick, what we call the pause for the cause, because there's flaws and laws on Hemp Present. Here a word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come right back for the rest of the show. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us Hemp Present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a Approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The 2017 Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo makes its way back to Phoenix, October 13th and 14th. Check out hundreds of vendors showcasing their businesses and the new advances being made in medical and legal cannabis markets. Plus, catch keynote presentations from former Mexican President Vicente Fox, award-winning writer Bruce Barcott, and the Martha Stewart of Marijuana, Cheryl Schumann. The 2017 Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo, Phoenix. SWCCExpo.com slash Phoenix 2017. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Presents with Eric Steenstra. Eric, in my monologue, uh, my intro, I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned uh, indigenous populations and how catastrophic it was for uh, America's indigenous folks, our First Nations folks, when uh, uh, Columbus showed up on the shores and everything that happened after that. And, and, and they're still kind of getting left out of things today. Vote Hemp successfully lobbied for a provision that indigenous tribes be included in an important district court ruling recently. Am I correct? Can you comment on that? Yeah. So uh, we actually have been lobbying in Congress to get that included in the bill that we hope to pass this Congress. And, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, uh, Native Americans 
you know, start going back all the way to the Navajo in the late 90s, but but notably, uh, you know, the Lakota and Alex Whiteplume have been trying to grow this crop, uh, you know, when they were forced onto the reservations and, uh, you know, they were told to, you know, grow crops and settle down. And and here now, ironically, the federal government's trying to actually tell them they can't grow a crop. They're just trying to do something for economic development on the reservations. So it's uh, it's another, um, you know, uh, ridiculous situation. But, uh, we, we yes, this is something that we felt was really important. We wanted to make sure that <clears throat> there was a court ruling last year that said, that the uh, in the in Wisconsin uh, with the Menominee tribe that said that the uh, uh, the current law didn't apply to tribes only to states and that was never our intention so we wanted to make sure that that was clarified. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to get Alex on the show. He every year for years he he right about harvest time the DEA comes in and steals his entire crop. I mean, God forbid anybody should get any industrial hemp. You know, I mean, they might yeah. and get a headache. <laughs> um, yeah, no. What a waste! What a waste of of resources, and really an outrage that they've continued to harass Alex. We also, uh, you know, hired a, uh, an attorney to help, you know, to help Alex out to get uh, that uh, injunction that had been put on him removed last year. And so we've been trying to trying to help him move forward. I think Alex is ready to pass the torch on to, you know, to his to his kids. And and uh, you know, I've talked to him. I know. Uh, his daughter and some of the some of the uh, some of his other uh, spy are um, <clears throat> or or family members are all uh, starting to pick up the you know the the hemp hemp flame and carry it on. So uh, you know, hopefully uh, this will be something that they'll be able to 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 use without any more harassment. Yeah, he's just been he's a real fighter, man. You know, he's uh, a really inspiration. Uh, yeah. Switching gears. Uh, GW Pharma Pharmaceuticals, GW Pharmaceuticals, the British biopharmaceutical company uh, known for the cannabis-based Sativex, a multiple sclerosis treatment, and Epidiolex, a cannabis-based epilepsy treatment, recently advocated state legislation to classify CBD as a scheduled drug under state laws. What's up with that, and why would they do that, in your opinion? Yeah, we were really disappointed to see that, uh, you know, uh, we don't have any problem with them uh, creating a path for to sell their, you know, their medicinal product that's derived from the cannabis plant. Uh, we know that they did lots of research on that, but essentially the way they crafted these bills uh, that they had proposed, they they would take CBD, which is not scheduled, and add it to a schedule, you know, and create a scheduled substance for it, <clears throat> and that would restrict the, you know, the use of uh, CBD derived from hemp. And potentially, uh, you know, uh, kill that market. And we just think that's wrong. You know, hemp can be used for more than just an FDA-approved medicine. You know, there's lots of CBD products out there on the market currently being used as dietary supplements and food ingredients. And uh, you know, we're we're definitely hoping that uh, GW will uh, will take a uh, a better approach <clears throat> this year uh, this year because uh, we don't want to see uh, you know. The only way to access CBD would be through an FDA-approved medicine that costs a fortune. Which makes, you know, it's it's a kind of typical drug war logic because CBD can't get you high. So what's the issue, right? It's a money grab, yeah. am I right? Absolutely. No, this is about money, no question. Uh, you know, GW is a pharmaceutical company. They're in the business. You know, they're a publicly traded company. They're... 
uh, like all publicly traded companies, their main goal is to return value to their shareholders. So they're trying to trying to make money, but they're also trying to do it by, you know, cre- creating an exclusive market for themselves and, and excluding other people from accessing, you know, cannabinoids on the plant. And uh, I think that that would be that would be very unfortunate. Yeah, once again, the shareholders want to hold more than their share, um, a, a, a story that we've heard before. You mentioned Kentucky, and Kentucky-based Republican Senator Mitch McConnell, a very colorful figure today in American politics. I'll be kind in my characterization of the man, as you might need to work closely with him after this interview at some point. Uh, he's pro-industrial hemp production. Uh, we know that Attorney Jeff Sessions is about as anti-cannabis as a human being could be. But where does this current administration come down in regard to the industrial hemp side of the issue, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, they, they haven't had a chance to really weigh in on this yet. Um, our belief is that, uh, you know, that they will be supportive when the time comes. The um, the only commentary that I'm aware of from the administration on hemp has come from the uh, uh, Agriculture Commissioner, Sonny Perdue. He was asked in a hearing by Representative Comer uh, about hemp, and he said that, uh, you know, he had... He had, he had looked at the issue and he had heard about it from uh, from Senator McConnell and Senator Paul, and that uh, you know they were they were open to looking at it. So it seemed to me that uh, uh, you know that they're, we're not going to see opposition. But uh, but like I said, they haven't had a chance to really formally weigh in on this yet. Gee, I can't imagine why. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder if you could answer a question for me. Who is Ernie Small, and what did he have to do with the current THC limits? that are allowed. Yeah, Ernie Small is a uh, researcher in Canada and he did some important research on uh, cannabis uh, back in the 70s and uh, you know, he wrote a, a publication called The Species Problem and I think it was The Species Problem in Cannabis. And you know, as as you probably know, uh, the federal definition of uh, cannabis or marijuana is, is cannabis sativa L. But there are, you know, it's also known that there are other species, including the indica and ruderalis, and uh, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, species and whether there, you know, there really are these distinctions or there's distinct species within the cannabis family. So in any case, uh, you know, his he uh, he, uh, you know, somehow advocated for this standard of three tenths of a percent, and that became the standard in Europe and also in Canada. And uh, I mean, he really wrote about it. I think most people recognize that cannabis, the hemp varieties of cannabis, is uh, you know and, uh, are, are distinct, and that they're typically you know low THC, uh, most of the time under one percent, and they're typically higher in CBD. So it's got a ratio greater than one with CBD of THC. Those are the main things. But actually, there's research now. The you know, University of Minnesota has done some research. And really uncovered that uh, you know there's genetic distinctions that you can really look at varieties and actually see it genetically. So we know it's different, but yeah, the three tenths. We get back to your Ernie Small's question. Uh, you know, we've got this unfortunate standard of three tenths of a percent, which has been artificially low, and uh, we advocated for a higher standard within the bill, and there just isn't support to get it to get it done yet. So I'm hopeful that we can. We can eventually get there because uh, you know we definitely feel like three tenths of a percent is uh, is too low, but um, you know we have to get we have to get this you know the industries have have gotten going in Canada and Europe and other places using three tenths. In fact, Europe's even lowered it to two tenths, which is crazy. 
So I guess the argument has been that uh, you know if they can do it, we can too. So we're going to get it started, and then we'll go from there and try to you know see if we can convince people to uh, to increase it later. Eric, you are a plethora of information. I could talk to you for an hour, but unfortunately we only have a half an hour. I'm talking to Eric Steenstra. Uh, from Vote Hemp, we're going to take our second pause, listen to a word from our sponsors and advertisers, come back with our final questions, so don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical balms, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com we're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Cannabis Radio with Eric Steenstra. Eric, unlike smokable cannabis, which only needs to be harvested, dried, and packaged to be a sellable commodity, hemp requires a complex process to become a usable material. Are there adequate hemp production facilities in the United States right now as there are in parts of Asia, Europe, and even Canada? No, that's definitely one of our biggest challenges, Vivian. Uh, all the processing uh, technology for hemp uh, you know, was lost. I mean, and, and frankly, it's a, it's a new era. We need new equipment. But yeah, this is a huge area. That's going to require investment, and uh, I don't think we're going to see the kind of investment that's needed until we fully legalize this for commercial purposes. People like that are going to sit on the sidelines until they have a sure market. So it's a, it's a big challenge we're facing. Well, with folks like you working on it, I think it'll be sooner than later. Uh, how can folks follow your work, contact you directly, and find out more about Vote Hemp? Yeah, uh, if, if people want to find out more about the issue or, uh, or follow it, uh, they should go to our website at votehemp.com and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we put out regular updates. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Eric Steenstra, thank you so much, my brother, uh, for being on Hemp Present. Uh, it's great talking to you, and hope we see you at Hemp Fest real soon. Thanks again for having me, Vivian. You bet, man. Hempy trails to you. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and it is this. Hemp is of first necessity to the wealth and protection of the country. And that was this crazy hempster named Thomas Jefferson, U.S. president. 
And that concludes this installment of Hemp Presented on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on our journey to justice. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. The Hemperzent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big this summer with great deals, all in the Kroger app. Get red, green, or black juicy seedless grapes for $1.88 per pound with your card and a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free delicious 12-packs of Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.